Welcome to another episode of Hillcrest Church's podcast called Our Stories. Our Stories podcast provides you with an opportunity to listen in on a conversation that I have with someone associated with Hillcrest Church. I'm Pastor Brad Bergfalk, interim lead pastor here at Hillcrest, and I am delighted to have Emma and Carl Stevens as my guests today. Welcome. Thanks for having us. So um, just to kind of start this conversation out, Tell us a little bit about what your uh, connection is with Hillcrest Covenant Church. Yeah, sure. Okay, so my name is Emma Stevens, and I am daughter of Jim and Janie Tyler. So I actually grew up going to Hillcrest my whole life, um, from I think the age of four all the way up to my high school graduation before I moved to Texas to go to school at TCU. And then I married into the family about a year and a half ago. I think it's awesome because... I married in at the perfect time for the Chiefs. Yeah. To be a yeah. part of Chiefs. Because there's no teams from Texas <laughs> exactly. that are worth cheering for these days. <laughs> exactly. I'm from San Antonio, oh, so every okay. other team's miles away. Uh, so, so you, Emma, did you grow up in the youth program here? Yes, I did grow up in the youth program. And that is honestly a huge part of my story and why I'm walking with Jesus today. Really? Um, could you tell me a little something about maybe, did you go to Chick? Yes, Did, yeah, did you have an unusual experience at Chick? <laughs> I did. I think that maybe you've gotten some information slipped to you, but I had an unusual experience at Chick. I'm not going to point fingers, but we were told by some trusted leaders that when they were kids at Chick, they were throwing water balloons and having a blast. And so one of my best friends Molly and I were shooting water balloons off the second story when the cops came and said, hey, come down to the office, whoever's shooting water balloons. And we were so scared we hid. And finally, we turned ourselves in and did not know that that was a federal offense. Wow. We were not charged. So I, so I was part of the chick um, uh, team that... Uh, what do they call it? The the security team, yeah, but, uh, oh, and I, wow. rem- I, re- I remember that event. <laughs> do you really? Yeah, I mean, oh, I didn't know who did it. It was just it just came up anyway. Did you hear that they were hiding? Because no, I, I, I didn't hear about that. One. I just heard about the balloons. Um, so so tell tell us a little bit about um, what you guys have been up to recently, and and what you're going to be doing in the not too distant future. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, So when I graduated from TCU, actually, I went overseas with a campus ministry that I'd been involved in. Um, I moved to India for two years um, doing discipleship and evangelism there. Um, And kind of at that two-year mark, my team split, and I helped launch a new team in Tokyo, Japan. And during my time um, in Tokyo, Japan is when Carl and I met and began dating yeah, and I um, took a job in East Asia um, with a different organization, um, and kind of during that time, Emma had caught my eye about a year before that um, while I was in grad school, and um, yeah, just kind of during that time in school, God was kind of getting a hold of my heart and um, just kind of leading me into, into learning more about what missions is and what um working among the unreached could look like. And so uh, I got invited to go on a um, scouting trip when Emma was heading to Tokyo. Um, I got invited to go with their team to kind of scout out the the area. And um, that's when I met Emma. That was March of 2017. Um, 
Yeah. So, 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 so it sounds to me like um, you had an opportunity for ministry, but you also had an opportunity to be close to him. Right, right. And so okay, that's not bad. I took a job in another East Asian country, and we started dating, and um, she left Tokyo to join um, what I was doing in that country. But um, six months into working there, the coronavirus squeezed us out and so we've been longing to get back to um, East Asia um, ever since but mm-hmm. um, Tokyo is kind of the, the open door for us right now and we're excited to go through it. Yeah. Can you uh, can you talk a little bit about your sense of calling? I mean maybe there's somebody listening to this podcast yeah. who's who's wrestling with their own sense of call and where God might want them to go next whether whether it's on the mission field or someplace mm-hmm. in the continental United States. What are some of the thoughts and feelings and nudgings that you guys experienced that confirmed that sense of call. Totally. Um, I think all growing up, I knew about missions through Hillcrest. Thankfully, that was always like put in front of me and I thought it was so fascinating and so cool, but it was definitely someone else's life very far removed from my life. It was something that I thought was amazing, but not I couldn't see my life going in that direction. I kind of had a plan for how I thought my life could go. Um, and I think during college when I really started making my faith really my own and growing and taking steps, um, God just started putting on my heart that I had grown up with so many girls just pouring their lives into me, patient with me, investing in me. Um, Honestly, almost all of those through the um, student ministry program just, I mean, I was like slow and not really willing to leave my comfort zone for a long time. And there were so many young women that um, just loved me and poured truth into me. And I, I think just kind of realized that I had been given so many people like that God had put in my life. And there were girls across the world exactly like me that would never have one of those people in her life. And that, you know, most girls living in overseas countries, especially kind of in this part of the world called the 1040 window, where most of the unreached live, people who haven't heard the gospel yet. Can um, you can we just yeah, stop yeah, there? Sorry. And yeah, t- there might be people that don't know about the 1040. Yeah. So we're, we're talking about longitude and latitude. <laughs> yeah. Right? So it's just kind of this area it's of, a the part world of the country. That, yes. Covers yeah. North Africa, the Middle East and kind of mm-hmm. sweeps across Asia. Yeah. Um, so your calling then into so ministry yes. is to that specific uh-huh. region, which is, that's pretty unusual. I mean, there's lots of missionaries out there, as you guys know, mm-hmm. but not too many actually go to the place where there's not very many yeah. Christians. Yeah, yeah, we've heard it said that 99% of the unreached people groups of the world are in that window, but only 1% of mm-hmm. um, the church's resources go to that window. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I think, yeah, I mean, kind of in a roundabout way, I just realized that there were girls just like myself that would probably live and die without ever encountering um, another Christian, much less someone who loved them and wanted to pour their life into them and just share truth with them. And so I think that just humbled me. God had given me so much and I wanted to be able to, yeah, let other girls have the same opportunity. So now when you talk about girls, are your, is your ministry specifically focused towards young women? Is well, that why, or is that just the way you... you... Yeah, <laughs> I mean, personally, yes, I probably focus just on... Okay. 
Yeah. Which, I mean, that's kind of what happens in, uh-huh. in uh, other cultures anyway. But yeah. um, tell me a little bit about, uh, Carl, how, aside from, you know, chasing Emma <laughs> to the mission field, yeah. h- how do you know? What, it, what are the confirming factors for you that, yeah. that uh, tell you this is the place that God wants me to be right now? Yeah, for sure. Um, I similarly grew up going to church, and I think whenever I would think of missions, I would think more of like, humanitarian work or like going to South America and building a well or something. I never thought of the gospel and what that means for um, people who are um, heading into eternity, either going to heaven or hell. And so um, I um, really heard the gospel in a real clear way my senior year of college at TCU. And um, it was very quickly after that, that the nations were put in front of me in a way that I'd never really seen before. Um, after TCU, like I said before, I went to grad school at Texas A Texas A and M, um, and my roommates um, at Texas A and M were just very missional, world minded people. Um, like at least once a week, we'd just be sitting around a world map and um, praying in the morning, just for um, a people group. Um, around the world. And, um, for the first time, like I realized that going overseas is, it is, it didn't take some sort of like existential experience of like, Oh, this is where I'm called. It's like Matthew 28, the great commission is, is a command for all Christians and it's clear and it's, um, a clear command from Jesus. Um, and so, yeah, I just kind of realized that there's there's a role to be played for all Christians in in America that I had never really seen before in in the Great Commission. And um, for me, coming out of college, I was willing to go, I was able to go, I was flexible. Um, so you had so, you had it all. Um, <laughs> yeah. So there's no way for you to to back out of it. Right. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah. T- tell me a little bit about um, to the extent that you can about what kind of roles you intend to have in your ministry to, yeah. to the extent you can talk about it. Yeah, our organization focuses on college students and young adults. Um, it's kind of during those four years in college when students are the most flexible with their time and with their minds. They're willing and, um, yeah, they're just willing to hear new ideas. They're moldable. And um, as we look back on the history of missions, some of the biggest movements in the world were started by um college students. And so, um, we're going to Tokyo. Um, we're focusing on young people. Um, we've expanded that to, uh, young adults and young families. And so our mission statement is, um, sharing the gospel and building, um, church communities among the next generation of Japanese. Um, yeah. And luckily in Japan, um, we can be totally open about what we're doing even here on this podcast, which Mm -hmm. is really nice to be so flexible but it's an open country and we're going actually as missionaries on a missionary visa will you be living in uh, the tokyo area mm-hmm. or some other part of it yeah yes, right in the middle be, of yeah close to downtown and you'll be assigned to one of the universities um we'll be working on several of the universities actually um but also working in our neighborhood and with you know people kind of in our apartment buildings and on our mm-hmm. street yeah, with a focus on the college campuses around us. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you guys like um, Japanese 
cuisine? Oh, <laughs> yes. yes. It's, okay. we love it. it's just hearty meat yeah. and rice. It's healthy, too. Yeah, it's healthy. Um, uh, so, you know, the, the mission field sometimes can appear glamorous. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we think about, you know, people eating bugs and wearing pith helmets and, you know, in, in a different generation. But um, give me a picture of kind of a typical day in, in your ministry uh, so that people can get a, get a feel for what a, what a missionary actually looks like in Japan in 2021. Yeah. yeah, well, I lived in Japan about two years ago before I moved to East Asia with Carl. Um, but yeah, so we would get up in the morning and just eat breakfast, you know, make a normal breakfast. You can find regular ingredients at the grocery store, even if there's a lot of weird things as well. Um, And then we would just study for a couple hours at home. We were studying Japanese language because most people in Japan don't speak English. And then before we would head to school, um, our Japanese language school, we would swing by a college campus and... um, eat at a cafeteria a lot of times and just try to sit next to a group of students, make conversation, practice our Japanese, and um, maybe we'd meet up with a student we'd already met, or maybe if we couldn't find anything to do, you know, with students, we would just walk around the campus and pray that God would move there. Um, And then we would hit the books and go to school and study hard for (laughs) language, um, and then go home and we'd spend time with each other. Um, our team is really close-knit and we're co-workers, but also close friends. So there's more than just the two of you that are engaged mm-hmm. in this ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's about particular. six couples. And in Japan, the language barrier is a lot higher than um, where we were in mm-hmm. East Asia before. So um, in East Asia, we were on student visas learning Mandarin Um but there were English speakers around us. And so mm-hmm. we could jump right into starting Bible studies. And um, mm-hmm. it's amazing. In our six months there, we saw three students um, put their faith in Christ. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, one yeah. of the cool ways to just meet students, I've, I joined a, a baseball team on campus. They just, like, every time I'd come up to bat, the phones would come out. Like, Because yeah, you're a big yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They wanted to see you hit it yeah. on the fence. They tell tell yeah. me about... Um, What's been the most challenging part about being a young couple with this vision and calling for ministry in East Asia? And um, what, what, what has been the hardest part about that? Yeah, I think before coronavirus, like we had just gotten married. Um, you know, your first year of marriage, they tell you, is is extremely challenging without moving to another country. And so new language, new place, new um, team, new everything, just added um, extra stressors to our to our lives, I think, that, um, which is honestly, looking back, ended up being really good because we were forced to have conflict resolution. We're forced to, like, talk about things that um, otherwise we wouldn't have um, had to do if we were just in America. So I think, I think it's made us a lot closer, too, but that... Yeah, just going to a new culture feels like you're you've been thrown in a lake with a cinder block around your ankle and you're trying to learn how to breathe. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you've added added uh, additional challenges to being a young married couple <laughs> pursuing a calling from God. Well, thank you, uh, Carl and Emma, for taking the time to share your story with us. 
If you who are listening to this podcast have a story to tell that you think others would like to hear, please send us an email here at Hillcrest Church, uh, info at hillcrestcub.org, and we will look forward to hearing your story on a future episode of Our Stories podcast here at Hillcrest Covenant Church. Thank you very much, Carl and Emma. And God bless you as you you follow the path that God's... uh, creating for you in your next ministry.